Hello and welcome back to the PAL with Tani G. I'm your host, Tani G. Questions, comments, suggestions are always welcome at MaximumTEE at Yahoo.com. The PAL Season 2, Pirkei Avos Treasury, Chapter 2, Paragraph 8, Parag Bet, Mishnah Chet. Very good Mishnah. They're all great Mishnahs, but very important Mishnah. Very interesting things, life lessons to learn. Let's hear what we say. Hillel's teaching us. Hu Haya Omer. He used to say, Marbe Basar. Marbe rima, the more flesh, the more worms. Marbe nechasim, marbe de'aga. I think about this one a lot. The more possessions, the more worry someone has. Marbe nashim, marbe keshafim. The more wives, the more witchcraft. Marbe shefachos, marbe zima. The more maidservants, the more lewdness. Marbe avadim, marbe gazel. The more manservants, the more thievery. Marbe Torah, marbe chayim. However, the more Torah the more life. Marba yeshiva, the more study. Marba chachma, the more wisdom. Marba eitza, marba tuna, the more counsel, the more understanding. Marba tzedakah, marba shalom, the more charity, the more peace. Kana shem tov, kana la'atzmo, one who has gained a good reputation has gained it for his own benefit. Kana lo divre Torah, one who has gained himself Torah knowledge, Kanalo Chaye Ha'olam Haba has gained himself the life of the world to come. A powerful Mishnah, impactful Mishnah. Lots of stuff going on in this Mishnah. One key thing to think about is that the flip side of the bad stuff, the first half is saying the bad stuff that could come about with getting more and more and more, but the second half is saying the good stuff they could get with more and more and more, with the Torah and studying and counsel and charity and charity and acquiring a good name for yourself. Because after we leave, after 120 years, all that we take with us are the good deeds, the mitzvahs, and hopefully a good reputation and a good impact on the world. And Divertori, you get the Olam Haba. So let's try to see a few comments on each. Not going to be able to do so many of the stories today. Of the Mishnah's ten clauses, the first five speak of stages of life. The excesses one might indulge in during those stages and the unfortunate result of these excesses. The last five clauses present the antidote to such indulgence, as the Tefaris Yisrael says, he used to say, more flesh, more worms. In a denunciation of gluttony, the Mishnah teaches that overeating and drinking, and drinking, excuse me, fatten one's body only in order to sustain the maggots in his grave. The Talmud and Shabbos teaches that in addition, maggots are as painful to the dead as sharp needles are to the, leave, are to the living. That pain is not felt by the body. After death, the body feels nothing. But the soul, which lives on after death, senses the pain inflicted by the worms and realizes that this is punishment for not having properly tended in life to spiritual needs. This is just one example of the basic life principles that all excess is detrimental to man, except for great indulgence in Torah study, charity, and the pursuit of wisdom, rough. There is a, there is a saying that says that a man dies without even half of his desire satiated. Because in this world, a person always wants more and more and more, especially someone who has 100 grand, wants 200 grand. Someone who wants a million, wants 2 million. It's very hard to ever be satiated. No one is ever satiated with materialism. But with spirituality, with seeking Torah, the more we get, the better it is, and the more we want in a good way. 
So let's move over to the more possessions, the more worry. As one grows a little older, he progresses from a desire for food to a desire for money, to Ferris Yisrael. Worldly possessions do not assure a good life. Poverty can be stolen, damaged, seized by the government, or lose its value based on the fickleness of the market. God forbid to all those things. Hence, possessions can often be a source of incessant worry. Rashi, Rav Yonah, and Rab. As we just said, one who possesses $100 wants 200 while he who has two desires, four. From Kohelis Rabbah. Similarly, the more one possesses, the greater the amount he needs to compensate for a loss. The wealthy have more to lose and therefore more to worry about than those of more modest means. The more wives, the more witchcraft. During the time when polygamy was permitted, the jealousy between rival wives would also often cause them to resort to all kinds of ploys, even witchcraft to capture their husband's affection, Ravyona and Meiri. Although it is biblically permitted, Ashkenazic Jews ad- adopted the ban of polygamy and knocked by Rabbeinu Gershom as the light of the exile. He was known as Sishel Hanorach Eben Ezer. And the more maidservants, the more lewdness. As one matures, the need for possessions assumes an external role, the desire for prestige. By surrounding himself with the accordments of wealth, such as maidservants and other domestic help, one seeks to enhance his prestige in the eyes of the public. However, maidservants often maintain a low moral standard and may introduce him to immoral behavior. His behavior will become public knowledge, thus bringing him infamy rather than the prestige he sought from Tiferes Yisrael. Even if it is even if it is not he, but only those around him who are ensnared by the lewd behavior of these women, he bears much of the responsibility and shame since such abominable behavior took place in his home under his nose. And the Talmud suggests that even the wife of a wealthy man who can afford extensive domestic help should not completely remove herself from some type of involvement in the rubbing of the household. Total inactivity can lead, can lead to lewd behavior, as Kasuva says. Too many maidservants often provides the mistress of the house with too much free time, which may lead to immorality, as Doris Schlepp Parkham say. And useless responsibility in the previous page. The Moser disciples of Novarodok consider private property as similar to Chametz on Passover. From a legal standpoint, Chametz on Passover is valueless and hence can be declared ownerless. Nonetheless, if Chametz is found in one's possessions during Pesach, he is deemed the owner and is considered culpable for it. Similarly, one's possessions are really not his own, only on loan, to so to speak, from God, and yet he is deemed the owner and suffers the constant worry that comes with them. The more manservants, the more thievery. The fifth step on the ladder of excess comes in old may age, when man is weak and tired and seeks assistance in maintaining and expanding his financial holdings. He hires servants and staff, but they only deplete his fortune by defrauding him. To Pharisee Israel, according to Rosh and Rabbi Yonah, manservants are a terrible liability to their master. Sooner or later, they will rob from others, and the blame will be attributed to the master. So the previous overindulgences appear in the service to assure man happiness, but are in fact roads to spiritual oblivion. And the mission now talks about five items which are antidotes, and these all seem to involve difficulty for men, but really they're the pathways to happiness. And regarding these virtues, no amount is considered excessive. The more Torah, the more life, unlike overindulgence and body pleasures which appear to give life but actually diminish it, Torah study actively enriches life. Although it demands a rigorous commitment of time and effort, Torah study produces increased health and a longer and more enriched life. Torah scholars live on beyond their physical demise in the words and values of the Torah way that they taught to others in their lifetimes. And Yevamos teaches that when one repeats the Torah thought of a great teacher, the teacher's lips move in the grave as if for the moment he is alive again. Hence, one is involved in extensively in Torah study and in teaching extends the life beyond his death. And Magan Avos ex- explains, and it is eternal life. We say in the Mar of Prayer, the more study, the more wisdom. Through establishing yeshivas and teaching students, one's own knowledge and wisdom is increased. Just as small wood chips ignite, 
ignite large logs. So students ignite and fan the flame of wisdom in their teacher. By questioning and challenging him, they force him to clarify and explain his ideas. The very famous staying from the Talmud and Tanis says, I've learned much from my teachers and more from my friends and the most from my students, Rashi and Rav. And the more counsel, the more understanding through constantly seeking advice, one expands his ability to understand situations and applies knowledge to everyday life. As Rob says, the folk saying has it that people seek advice and then do what they want anyway. If so, why do they seek counsel? Rav Chaim Velazhin says one who offers advice can never fully understand the questioner's problem. Only the one who has lived through the experience can understand the subtle nuances and conflicting issues involved. But otherwise, the person with the problem bears a narrow perspective, which is shaded by his subjectivity. He needs to seek the counsel of others who are impartial and then decide on his own what to do. The Mishnah tells us that one who consults others will gain a better understanding of the problem, demanding a solution. And the more charity, the more peace. We've discussed charity before, but it's always important to talk about. One who distributes charity is beloved and thus promotes peace among people. Even one who advises others to give charity is looked upon favorably. They say that the only money that stays yours is the money you give away because that stands for you as mitzvahs and good deeds and that'll come after 120 years and plead for your case as mitzvahs that you did. The charity is looked upon favorably this way. In this way, the clause is the positive counterpart into the early mention of excessive main servants, which was considered a doorway to thievery. Just as people are antagonistic toward the owner for a servant's theft of their property, by contrast, people are grateful to the one who advised them to contribute to charity. What it was gained a good reputation, got it for himself. A sterling reputation lasts forever. Unlike material wealth, which one must leave behind when he passes on, a good name belongs to a person for eternity. Hence, while a man who increases his fortune must worry he may lose it, a good reputation is forever. Rav Yonah. One who has gained for himself Torah knowledge has gained himself the life of the world to come. Torah knowledge is the catalyst for human growth, since his divine intelligence serves as a guidebook to enable man to actualize the image of God which lies within his soul. Acquiring Torah knowledge, making it part of his being, can transform into a person deserving of a place in the world to come. So we had some good stuff, good advice in this Mishnah. Focus on the charity, focus on the good name, and focus on what you can. Join us next time as we talk about what happens when you learn a lot of Torah. What does it do for you? Does it come with you? It comes with you, but how so? This has been the P-A-L with Tani G. I'm your host, Tani G.